This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is Aaron McGowan, certified personal trainer and constant snacker. This is Ryan Stanger, certified personal trainer and walnut sprouter. And you found the dumbbells at Comedy Fitness Podcast. Committed to bringing you inspiration, motivation, and sometimes information. Hey, dumbbells, let's get dumb. Let's get dumb. I, I'm not necessarily sprouting my own walnuts, but I do buy sprouted walnuts, so it's a little bit of a What's lie What's the there. difference? Well, I mean, there's a big difference. <laughs> well, tell me. I have no freaking clue. What's, what's well, just between raking, walnut? Oh, just between a rate. So sprouting them is where you you activate the the walnut. You soak them and then dehydrate them a little bit. And then uh, it improves their digestibility and um, optimizes the nutrients and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Sounds suspicious to me. If I'm being honest, I think it's I think it's <laughs> legit, dude. So you just soak it, then you dry it out, then it's yeah. There's for a, you. yeah, it, it, pretty much. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I mean, it still sounds like a scam, but <laughs> you do sound cool. Can you sprout That's the anything? idea? Yeah, I mean, from a nut standpoint, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look into it, dude. All right, it's, but you do sprout your own. Well, that's sprouts. I make sprouts, broccoli sprouts <laughs> from seeds, God. but I'm doing that. Yeah, so it's not. I'm making those. The okay, nuts. The, right. Somebody else has grown the walnuts, and then you're and then you're doing a little treatment to them afterwards. Okay. Well, I'm. I'll look into it. Okay, I'll promise you that. I'll give you. I'll send you some. I'll send you some. All right. You'll send me some already sprouted. Yeah, I'll just. I'll buy you uh, the, the yeah. pre sprouted walnuts that i get oh okay ta- okay okay ta ta ra do you want some of my broccoli sprouts i can give you some of those too. yeah i'd like to review them personally okay okay i'll review them t- to you on mm. the podcast the drama people have been waiting for honestly we agree too much <laughs> we gotta fight about something the i don't know why i assume war. i'll fight a- we'll fight about your your sprouts it sounds actually like a nice thing well, let's shut the fuck up and get our guest into the weight room today. Okay, I'm really excited. We have some performing and actor and podcaster. Find her anywhere. Honestly, you can find a podcast. We've got Natalie Jean in the house, y'all. Triple threat. Yes. Triple Everyone's threat. afraid of a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some performing and acting and acting and podcasting this is the dance what was the first triple threat like dance acting and singing singing? that's out that's old out old Mm -mm. this is what i'm trying to be god okay welcome to the weight room thanks for having me podcasting is the new singing i agree (laughs) can you sing? people are listening to more people are listening to more podcasts talking than music now. I mean, sadly, that's true for me a lot of the time. Uh, yeah. You'd think I'd be sick of it from my whole life being podcasting at this point, but nope, I still love hearing people say stuff in my ears. Me too. Me too. Um, uh, Just for the people that listen to this podcast, uh, The Dumbbells, I have been talking about how I was obsessed with the Sexy Fairy book. 
And Natalie, <laughs> I don't know if you even remember, but I only know about this book because it like a friend of ours baby's first birthday party everyone was sitting around <laughs> talking about the the sexy fairy book and i was like interesting tell me more and i just kind of sat in this on the sidelines and you guys were talking about the sexy fairy book and now you have a podcast about the sexy fairy book and there's a real name for it there's just so many names i always like I just revert back to sexy fairies. So sure. I just want all the listeners to know if you've listened to the sexy fairy book, go over and listen to Natalie and Jackie's podcast. It is so, <laughs> it's like, it's like what you need. It's like the behind the scenes of the book. The perfect you know? companion piece. Exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. it's, it's so, hel- it's so helpful to your reading journey on it. Um, <laughs> No, we're very, yeah, we have, we have a really fun time. I actually just came from it, literally ripped a wig off of my head as I was sitting down to do this. Um, you didn't have I should have left that. it on. <laughs> I know. I should have left my whole costume on. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a nice reprieve. My other show is a lot more um, heavy with Amber Nelson, mm-hmm. which is about missing women. So it's nice to have the, the contrast mm. of the shows. What, yes. So it, refresh me on, Aaron, I remember you telling me about this book, but refresh me on what the book is again. Oh, it's, it's like called A, a Court. It's, it's, a, it's a series and it's okay. called A Court of Thorns and Roses. Um, but much like Game of Thrones, all the books aren't called Game of Thrones. That's the fir- A Court of Thorns and Roses is the first book. And then it goes on from di- a bunch of different courts, you know? Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they're very smutty, but they also have the best women action scenes there's just like Mm. so it's very bloody it's very it's like it it doesn't pull back on on how like intense and and gory it gets to which i enjoy um but it's like a great story on top of like really solid sex scenes um yeah (laughs) yeah and so and it's fairies like just fucking and fighting and stuff kind of (laughs) yeah that's and human there's humans too humans get involved yeah Mm -hmm. yep Wow. Yeah, there's lots of different, lots of different varieties of creatures. Do you, is there, um, is there an audible, like, is there, are there solid readers for it or is it best just to read it? Is it best just to get the book and read it? Well, as oh, somebody man. who's, uh, had to, uh, take in this book in every form, almost like <laughs> all my holes were filled with it. Uh, I've read it multiple <laughs> yeah. times. I've listen to the audio books, which are really good. And then now they have graphic um, audio of it. So it is done by a <laughs> cast. Oh, wow. I do recommend it. Okay. Um, Interesting. It's fun to is listen it, to now, in your car and then you, you uh, forget your windows down and then it's real <laughs> dirty. Um, now, where do you set your irony meter when you're listening to the graphic reading of it? <laughs> You know, you just have to lean into all of it. You have to okay. already be willing to talk uh, or to be reading about men with giant bat wings, like having sex. So, <laughs> okay, okay. you Great. know, pride that's is gone. Point. It's that's- a thing of the past. <laughs> um, I, okay, I used to drive to around with my, uh, with, with my grandma and she would always have an audio book going in the car. And it was back when you would have like a big um clamshell with like oh, yeah. 50 tapes in there and it would be some kind of like um i don't know like a thriller or like a uh airplane or like a beach read and you know and so there's a lot of like business that they're getting through and it'd be a male reader and then he would do all the voices obviously that's how audiobooks work and um 
but inevitably we'd stop or go through a drive through and it would be a weird, you know, in these books where there's always <laughs> the sex scene in it and the guy's doing both sides of the voice. And so he walked into the room and saw her standing there. What's that in your pants? She would say. And like, it's this guy reading it. And I'd just be like so fucking embarrassed, but also, you know, compelled by what's happening. And yeah, it can be weird. But, but having, you know, a graphic reading of it does take it to a whole nother level, you know, going yeah. through the car wash or whatever it is. It's, it is kind of like public exhibition or something. It is. And I actually, mad respect to all of the actors in it because they, these scenes are filthy. And they, they go for it. Like they go and do all of the stuff they have. And also because they're calling it graphic audio, it's basically also, they're doing almost like radio show. Like there's sound effects, there's Foley, like all this stuff going on. Oh, Um, wild. It's really fun. It's a fun listen. That's great. And they're going out for poke bowls afterwards and stuff and be like, Hey, it's, you know, it's a little weird. (laughs) Yeah. Right. They're like, yeah. Yeah. When they're just like facing each other in the recording studio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God, I love so, it. I love it. So we're so excited to talk to you about health and fitness. You, you seem like a very fit person. And obviously being a stunt performer, you would have to be. Um, and then, you know, keeping yourself in shape as an actor and all this kind of stuff. But we can we can end there and, and you know, kind of like what your current routine is and, you know, if it is some level of maintenance or if there's something new you're trying. But but we do like to go all the way back and kind of hear how you arrived at where you are today, if that's cool. If you want to take us back to maybe where you grew up and your first kind of introduction to any kind of health and fitness or exercise or nutrition. Sure, we can go. <laughs> Sorry, I just realized I didn't record the Zoom, and I will get mad in trouble with Jason if I don't have some <laughs> video of Natalie's face. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, no, no. Let's. Let, I love it. Let's go. Let's go all the way back to Appalachia in my childhood. Um, oh my God, I grew up, I I grew up in Pittsburgh. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I wasn't actually in the forest, but Pittsburgh is an Appalachian town. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that. I grew up there. Not not a like a very fancy um, childhood or anything, but my mom uh, was a dancer, and she signed me up for ballet when I was five. And um, did you guys I, watch a flash dance together? Um, we. A little bit, but there's more. I know because it's a Pittsburgh-based one, but she and was she very, does want to be a ballerina. She, she does. <laughs> yeah. um, but there's a, a couple others that she was actually way more into because there was like straight ballet movies. So there's one called um, Turning Point, which is a great oh, cool. movie from the 70s. Um, but yes, I know I at least saw Flashdance once or twice. Okay. Um, but it wasn't... But, uh, it wasn't It wasn't in rotation at her house. I think because my mom felt uncomfortable with the sexy aspects of it a yeah. little bit. Yeah. It is um, sexy. It is sexy. It is sexy. Um, she didn't want me to get, you know, those crop tops thinking I could start wearing those around the house or anything. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, but she signed me up for ballet and uh, I loved it immediately. Uh, my first ballet, I was five on stage and I was uh, obsessed with it already. And the woman who um, was my teacher at that time, her name's Monica Ryan. And she like really kind of created who I am a lot as a person. She's like a a really eccentric artistic woman. And my first ballet at five was the, the folktale version of the little mermaid where the entire cast was under Mm. the age of 10. And she had us 
do the scene where she kills herself at the end because that's how the folk tale of Little Mermaid goes. Yeah. So it's just like a oh suicide my- scene in our ballet. <laughs> um, oh my god! Which explains a lot about me as a person, probably. <laughs> um, but she ended up being my teacher for like the next fucking almost 20 years. Um, oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I, I just, I loved ballet. And um, even though I did some, like a little bit of gymnastics and stuff like that, my mom did like throw out the try softball stuff. Not for me. Um, <laughs> not a sports girl, but I, I love, I love dancing and I still dance now, but yeah, that was really my introduction to anything like physical. But I would say that the way I grew up in dance was not how you might see it on like the dance mom's world where it's like stringent, like really hardcore training. I didn't do that kind of hardcore training until I was older. As a kid, I was given a lot more artistic um, guidance in dance than it was like brutal training. But dance is hard no matter what. So um, that was probably my, my main intro into anything physical. But I've been doing that since I was, you know, five pretty much nonstop. So that yeah. that's awesome. I mean, if you could, if you could pick a way to kind of get into it, that seems like the way to where it's, it's first and foremost an expression, um, yeah. you know, of your creativity and, you know, finding the artistry in it and all that is so much more, um, I, I enriching than like, uh, than just the competition of it or being the best or, you know, that I mean, kind of I, shit. I completely agree. Although, you know, it's not that I didn't like the competitive part. I, I did always want like the roles, but I think the, the, the competition dance scene itself can be really unhealthy for kids. Um, I still think that. And like, uh, oh, I forgot I was just going with that thought. But yeah, I'm glad that I didn't grow up in that way for sure. And also I think one of the things that I think is really good about not doing that really young is I ended up being a dance major. So I have like a bachelor uh, in dance and um, the way that you learn as an adult to take care of your body is so different than a lot of times when you're a kid, you're living through whatever, you know, being your, whatever is going on with the adults around you is being projected onto you. And so a lot of times they want to beat you into like, you know, get your body, make you the best dancer that you could ever imagine. But in doing that, a lot of times they don't care if they're hurting your body. They want you to be the best dancer at 16 mm-hmm. and they, didn't, they don't care what happens to you after that. Um, and so when you learn like more about the um, the ways to care for your body as an adult, it really can extend your your life and your mobility and your ability to do stuff. Because I my goal is to be able to do contortion and stuff when I'm 80. You know, that's like my dream. So That's awesome. That is also my dream for you because I think that Thank would you. be so fun to like, like your opportunities would be endless. You would be like the last 80 year old, like that could still like fold their body all into like crazy you know, ways. I, I want to say, I think in our generation going forward, there will be a lot more 80 year olds who can do it because we are kind of more focused on like the educational aspect of, of teach of um, movement, I think as a, as a society. Yeah. And also like, even in my time, there weren't physical therapists really or anybody who or doctors who were dancers. And I've watched that change in my time period. Kids I was in college with, students I taught have become doctors and gotten through into that process. So we're learning as dancers like how to take care of our bodies like for longevity mm-hmm. at this point a little bit better. Yeah. There's still mm-hmm. a bunch of like shitty dance mom schools that'll just like try to get you at your best when you're 10, but 
Sure. You don't really need to, in my opinion. I also, you know, if I if I think about the kind of art that I'm compelled by, it's when you can really feel the artist come through the personality. And I think, you know, allowing you to discover it the way you did and kind of choose when you wanted to compete and when you didn't, it makes for um, a more personal experience to when you're watching someone like that perform, you know, as opposed to when it's just competition or hitting the moves or hitting the mark or whatever that is. It's like you have to win as opposed to you have to figure out a way to be you through all of this. I have and to I win think- by getting you emotional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. But yeah, no, I, so agree. That's, I agree. That, that's, that's cool that that, that, that that can survive and endure and be encouraged, you know? Oh, I feel very thankful for both my like teachers that I had and also that my mom never... She, you know, encouraged dance because she was a dancer, but she never like forced it or made me feel like I needed to like, if anything, she was like, you're taking this, you, you're like it too much. Like you should get a, a real job. And I was like, sorry, lady, you did this to me. I'm an artist now. Uh, sorry, lady. <laughs> now your mom, your mom dancing now, did she, did she maintain you know, exercise and flexibility while you were growing up? Was it something you looked to your mom that she also did? or And was she watching what she was eating or in, encouraging healthy eating when you were growing up? You're in Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Pittsburgh already is going to put a little bit of a, a, a damper on that. But um, <laughs> n- no, she wasn't really like that. It, it, she definitely was like a Pennsylvania raised woman sure. who didn't really like subscribe to like diet culture or anything. But we did also, she worked full time my whole life. So she was like a nurse who worked nights a lot. So we ate a lot of fast food and, and just pre-made stuff. Cause there just wasn't time for her to cook or anything. Um, so I never got it from that end. And I, again, fortunately was most of my teachers didn't encourage um, starvation, although that's not that uncommon in ballet. Um, yeah. and I had a couple teachers, I, I mean, even up into college, um, one of my ballet classes, we, we were graded on our weight um, in, in college. So there's a lot of unhealthy oh, stuff in yeah. there. Um, I definitely struggled a lot uh, growing up just being a girl in the 90s. Sure. <laughs> really, it's like mm-hmm. pretty rough in the 2000s too. Um, so I, I had disordered eating struggles multiple times in my life. And part of it was because I was doing modeling stuff because I'm tall too. And all of that mixed together is like cocktail for that to happen um so i i i was very i did like basically i did a big uh run of all of them so i i did uh, hopefully this isn't too much information but i was i had bulimia issues and then um you know anorexia but then the main one i had they is sometimes called athletic triad disorder which is where you're not you're not fully anorexic but you're exercising really hard but it's you're in a field that needs you to be thin like it happens to dancers swimmers runners people who need to be like wiry but also really strong where you're Mm. calorie restricting so much that even though I was still getting calories in every day it was like well below the need I had to do the things I was doing so that was a big issue and struggle I had in my 20s um but I I do I, I'm like, I would call myself recovered in that way, but in a way that like, um, you know, 
alcoholics are always alcoholics, even when they stop drinking. It's a thing that is so ingrained in you growing up with issues like that, that I know, like, I have to be really careful about not restricting doing any of the like fatty kind of like fastings or mm-hmm. um, like doing the uh, those diets where um, you like don't eat for certain hours and then eat a bunch of things at one hour and then don't again, like all those intermittent right. fasting, like all that shit. I can't, yeah. I know I can't fuck with that at all. Doing juice cleanses, none of that because it's very triggering and I know how fast it can spiral. So I actually don't really do diet culture at all, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the, it, it's, it's worth bringing up because, you know, you can abstain from alcohol. You can't abstain from eating. So you're mm-hmm. constantly having to like interface with triggers all the time. And so it takes a lot of like, you know, thought and consideration and discipline. Not that any of the other ones don't by any stretch, but it is, it is tricky when you constantly have to eat every day. And so you're, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're confronting it all the time, essentially. And yeah. so, yeah, man, that's intense. It, it- it is. And at this point in my life, I feel very much in a recovered place, but still hearing, it still comes into your head when you hear either like athletes or, or actors or women who you find beautiful or admire talk about their stringent diets. And then that like part of me that wants to beat myself up and like, and talk about like, you know, like basically self um, flagellate, uh, just like, that wants to come in there. And so it's always something that's in the very back of my head, but ultimately the best thing that works for me is just eating what I want and doing it in moderation and not focusing very much on like calorie counting. One of the times that I, I spiraled into disordered was again in college. One of our, my modern classes, part of our grade was we were supposed to, because it, it, it wasn't, this is one of those things that's, it's not triggering for everyone, but if you have eating issues, um, we had to keep a calorie diary, uh, and we also needed to what, like look at on paper what we were eating every day. And it was one of those things that triggered several years of it, where I started counting calories like down to like gum and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and so I know I know now what those things are to me, and I know some people can do calorie counting and do all that stuff, but I know that I can't, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, so it's way more for me just kind of like, I, I eat what I want. I don't count calories. I don't weigh myself. Um, I just don't like, I don't, I, I moderation really more than anything. What, um, what would you say was like the peak of it? And then what, what brought you like, what got you to where you are now to where you can, to where you can recognize that? What gave you these tools, I guess, is what I'm saying. Um, uh, sometimes it's really low, like being at a low point, <laughs> but, yeah. um, yeah, I think that it was it, a lot of things, especially like eating disorders in that it's a mental health issue. And a lot of it is about c- control. So mm-hmm. in those worst times I felt very out of control in my life. And it was one thing that I could control. And it was one thing that I could use to both punish and reward myself, um, by being, starving. I was like, um, almost felt like a, um, like a bat, like I was accomplishing something that I didn't eat enough that day. And Mm -hmm. so when you do that long enough, you start to get really sick. Um, you start to get dizzy every day. My period stopped for three years when I, I was in my twenties. Um, and 
eventually either you have to deal with it or you will die. <laughs> um, yeah. I was never at the point where I needed to go to um, like being like an, an inpatient or anything like that. It was definitely all just self regulated because I was poor and I didn't have healthcare or anything. Um, but actually I will say one of the things that did pull me out of it at least once was a documentary on HBO that came out in the mid two thousands called thin. And it was a documentary about people in an inpatient um, situation for eating disorders. And it did actually really affect me enough that I had, I stopped for several years. So that was one of the times, but then again, that was before I was in college and going through these weighing in sessions and um, like the the calorie diet and all the um, the calorie diary and all that stuff. So that spiraled it into that again, um, and it it took mental health crisis issues for me to to kind of like force myself out of it. But then ultimately, what happened? helped at the end of the day was therapy and medication. Um, There's really no replacement for that. I feel like Uh, I'm just very thankful that I was in a position that I could do that because for many years I, I couldn't, there was just no option. And um, I literally was like, the secret, the secret. Remember that when that was a big thing in the 2000s? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. That was the closest thing That's I had Oprah to mental health care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She thought about so, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, really hard. So, yeah. Yeah. That was about it for me for, for a long time. And then I got like into like too much <laughs> yeah. drug use. Like I was partying and I was like. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty, I was Stinger pretty loves cool. Drugs. Um, yeah, Stinger loves drugs. <laughs> <laughs> It can be fun some, you know, for a time. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, ultimately I've done it once was, or twice. Okay, I'm cool, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're cool. What have um, you done coke before, Aaron? <laughs> I have no, I haven't. I've only okay. I've only smoked weed a couple of times. It made me really weird. If that's yeah, no, not a weed know, girl. Possible. Not a weed girl. Yeah. I'm a, I was a, I was a hardcore upper girl. Yeah. I don't do it anymore, but yeah. Bolivian bingo dust. Yeah, it can be fun. Uh, we still got to know our limitations. You know what I mean? Um, that's so. That's so good. I mean, there's so much. You know, especially now with um, how much um, praise you know is heaped upon people for you know different eating strategies and you know all of it. You can kind of dis- deconstruct into some kind of disordered eating and you know people that that are prone to slipping into these patterns um, and spirals just need to be really mindful of it and Mm -hmm. then avoid those triggers. But it's hard when you're constantly, you know, you know, it's, it's the lead story and it's oftentimes, you know, people think that they're being, you know, positive and celebrating somebody, you know, and doing that. And then it can be, you know, very. Yeah. No, I was, I was rewarded a lot when I was my, at my very thinnest, it was like the time period, the 2000s was like still that sort of heroin chic idea. Like yeah. I was always reported when I was yeah. the skinniest. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. And then even now, Aaron and I have talked about Ozempic and these different uh, semiglutides, yeah. which um, are, yeah. are weight loss, but essentially d- like for diabetics, but they're also weight loss drugs. Now we go specifically is um, the, the, this pharmaceuticals, it's the same stuff essentially, but they're prescribing it for weight loss. But you'll see people, a lot of reality stars that are 
most likely doing it, but they won't say they're doing it. And so they'll say, oh, no, I just started doing Pilates. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, oh, 68 pound, you know, <laughs> loss and weight or what, you know, whatever it is, some, you know, crazy amount and of weight. And it's so harmful. Just, it's so harmful yeah. to young people yeah. to see that and think the, that they're not good enough because they are doing Pilates and they didn't just lose 50 pounds in a month. Or like, start stretching, you know. I just started yeah. stretching and added more water, you know, and it's just like, right. no, you're taking a powerful you're pharmaceutical. You're taking a drug. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is fine. You know, everybody needs to do what's right for them, but also sure. it would be helpful if people were clear about it so that, you know, everybody knew what was going on. But, you know, I guess that's a lot it, to... Yeah, so, that, that, yeah, so let's ask celebrities, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I mean, also don't expect anything from celebrities, but... Sure, yeah. They don't really owe us think, anything, I guess. No, but the, I feel like no, the, the influencer... <laughs> the influencer's fear, I feel like, is a whole other level of it because so sure. many of them are promoting these diet ideas and they have absolutely no qualifications to do it and they are not putting caveats on it like you probably shouldn't do intermittent fasting if you are prone to this kind of issue. Yeah, like those sort absolutely. of things are yeah. really, really dangerous. And it, kids are kind of being normalized into thinking that it's fine. Everybody can do that. It's not a big deal. Like, and it can be a big deal. Absolutely. And it's definitely, I promise you guys, if you're listening, whatever they say is their magic bullet. It's not all that they're doing. Mm -mm. So mm -mm. no, it's not, it's yeah, it's not the, adding sprouted walnuts into their diet. Um, it's not. And also their whole life. <laughs> yeah. Those actresses who say like they only eat kale chips, they sometimes eat pizza. Like don't fucking believe them for a second. They eat other foods. And I hate whenever yeah. they say it, it feels like an elitist thing where they're just like, I don't ever, ever imbibe. I just don't need to. They're fucking lying. They yeah. definitely <laughs> eat shitty foods too sometimes. And it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Get a couple Zaz on board, couple of Zaz. <laughs> yeah, I'm never, I will, you could pry bread out of my fucking cold dead hands, okay? So. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it just makes me like, I, it makes me just want to cry. I just want to cry. I just want to hold every woman that has ever lived through the 90s. Yeah, I know. And the early 2000s. And even, it's like, it's not over. And that is the no. part that just makes me just want to like, uh, I just, it it just breaks my heart because I, I didn't have necessarily a, like a labeled eating disorder. But I, you know, you, I felt it. I tried, I tried. And that's the part that's like embarrassing. <laughs> it's like, I was like, I cannot eat for days. And then I didn't cause I couldn't, but like, but then I was like, what's wrong with me that I can't like, it's just like, what? No, I get brains, what you mean. Yeah. It's like, I like, I, 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 when, when Jason and I went through our accident, like I got really thin, really fast. And I was like, just everybody give it up for this skinny ass bitch finally. And I had yeah. wanted to be skinny my whole life. And now I have, I catch myself going like, well, think about something really sad. And I'm like, Aaron, no, snap out of it. Like, yeah. you know better now. Wow. You're and trying to create like, trauma to, to yes, <laughs> yes. shed a couple like, of LBs. I'm like, I'm like jealous of someone who's sad and can't like, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong? But it's, at least I understand. Because you're, you're rewarded. You're rewarded yes. whenever you are like, you know, emaciated. That, <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. And I will say like something like I, 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 
once I talk about something, I can never stop talking about it. But like with, I have been looking at TikTok um, for the, I'm a late, I like to be about four years behind. Um, and so I started looking at TikTok and something that happened before I left my last gym was that my trainer who used to weigh me weekly um, was like, mm, at this rate, you're going to be 173 pounds by next, uh, by next year. And I was like, huh? Like, it was just like, what math? What chart are you like? What numbers? What, you know? So I just like that number was always like in my head of like, don't like, I was like afraid of this number. And yeah, I don't um, like that. I know. And I stopped going to that gym. <laughs> um, oh, <good>. And <laughs> I have seen on TikTok so many people putting like side by sides. Hey, this is me at 173 pounds. And this is me two years later, I'm 175 pounds and look at my body difference. Yeah. And that has like helped me with like, just remembering that that number on a scale is only a number and, For sure. and that your body composition can change those numbers. That is your gravitational pull. And that is the end of it. And, and I understand why it's like a doctor might need to weigh you at some point, but like, I like it, it like, it kills me that I am like a personal trainer. I have read the books. I have done the journey and I still have to walk myself through each of these little nightmarish moments where I can't follow Mindy Kaling anymore because her weight loss journey has driven me bananas because I know it's those <laughs> epic or some form yeah, of it. Yeah. But it's like, for I sure, have to, <laughs> I have to like talk myself through it. Okay. Everyone's fine. Like, like, it's, I, dude, I, it's so true. Yeah, I mean, like that. I think that's really nice. You found a positive thing on TikTok. Good, good for you. There's, there's, <laughs> good, there's you. Like good pockets. I'm um, being very specific <laughs> with my searches. Very, very specific. Oh, way more good than bad on TikTok for sure. Uh, just <laughs> I, have found uh, some, I have found some good recipes. That's I'm like I'm only positivity on TikTok. That's what I'm I'm trying. What's up, Bell Babies? It's Aaron interrupting the episode to talk to you guys about our hottest sponsor ever, Athletic Greens. Okay, y'all know the drill. Stanger and I are using Athletic Greens every day. Okay, I got into Athletic Greens after I became a host here on the Dumbbells. They hooked it up. It is such an easy way to start your day off right. Let me get into it. Okay. So in one easy scoop of athletic greens, you are getting 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. This is going to get your day starting off right. All you need is some clean, crisp, ice cold water. You're pouring this little scoop. It's in a nice little package. It it feels like you're getting hotter as you are doing this, okay? You just mix it up, shake it up, drink it. This special blend of ingredients is supporting your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and my favorite, aging. So everything. Okay, how does this benefit your life? You guys, this makes this makes my digestion a lot uh, more predictable. Let's say that it 
simplifies, like I don't have to just buy a million vitamins. I don't have to like stand in the aisle and freeze because I don't know what to buy. I just, I go to Athletic Greens. I know what I'm getting. It is a a, a one-stop shop. Okay. Now, It is lifestyle friendly. So whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, you're good. It contains less than one gram of sugar. So that's nice. No GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. If you are wanting a little bit better sleep, this supports better sleep quality and recovery for those muscles you are trying to get at the gym. Now, how much could this possibly cost? Y'all, this costs less than $3 a day if you break it down. You are actually investing in your health and it's, let's hear it for the people in the back, cheaper than my cold brew habit, okay? It is also cheaper than getting all of the different supplements yourself. So get yourself some athletic greens. Right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. Now, it is just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash dumbbells. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash dumbbells. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Let's get back to the show. That's a good Uh, message, though. It's true. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that, like, for you for everybody, it's, I think the river is always going to flow and, and thinking that, you know, your thoughts, your, um, pathologies, your peccadillos, whatever it is, it's always going to be flowing. You're never going to stop it. You're never going to completely redirect it. It'd be great if we could, but what you can do is pad the banks and that's where you, you know, can adjust the flow of how things are going, but it takes constant tending. Like you always Mm -hmm. have to be mindful of it, thinking about it, paying attention, watching it, you know, the whole time. Otherwise it's just going to open back up again and whatever, you know, whatever got you in that mess in the first place is back, you know, and that's, that's like a normal thing. And you need to be easy on yourself in that respect too. And then just figure out like what, you know, wherever you can get these tools from TikTok, from a good therapist, from an HBO documentary, whatever it is, it's like you pick up a little thing along the way and then it all goes in the toolkit. It's to, for sure. Uh, s- strangle a bunch of analogies out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the the weight the the weighing thing too. Like I know some people can weigh themselves and it's not a big deal. But even now when I go to the doctor, it's the only time I get weighed and I I do have like a almost like a moment of panic because I compulsively weighed myself for years like twice mm-hmm. a day and Yeah. I know the number is going to be bigger than it was. And even though I'm completely happy with that and I'm really happy with my body, that part of me still panics. Like every time, like I know it's going to be a higher weight and I have to like go through the process of it. But every time there's like that little trigger at the doctor and I have to just remember it's going to happen and it's okay. I'm going to see the number and then I feel fine afterwards. But the, the fear 
Yeah. And the spiral is almost like worse than anything. Yeah. And God, just having have to uh, face that trauma again. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say I have a doctor's appointment in two weeks and that's what I think about. I don't think about anything else. I think about, oh, they're going to weigh me. And that's like, and I haven't been weighed in like, like on a real scale in like eight months, you know? So it's like, yeah. Can you just turn okay. around? And have, you can, you can, but, you but then you're wanna. looking right at the nurse. <laughs> yeah. I, I would be like, oh God, I can't ask this person. They're going to think I'm completely, they're going to be like, do you need to go to a hospital, like a mental health clinic or you can't look at the scale? Like, <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens when I go. But that that it's it's like God, it's embarrassing. Put a sleep mask that, you on. Know, it's, it's ooh, <laughs> that's cute. Not a bad idea. Or you could do those glasses that have the eyeballs painted on them, so it looks like you're. <laughs> well, the issue is, even though you, even if you don't look, usually the nurse says the number. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it's <laughs> so ear they're plugs, making sure you're involved. Eye mask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shoes off. Okay. Shoes off. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Um, Let me God, use the bathroom does. first. Yeah. Get all this <laughs> shit out. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Got to okay, empty out well. all the bags. Empty <laughs> <laughs> out all the Before bags. Before we weigh this parcel. Oh God. <laughs> well. So we'll, we'll tell us something about from like a, from a nutrition standpoint, um, you know, what, what does healthy nutrition look like for you? I mean, do you, do you try to eat nourishing things? Um, do you pay attention in that? So you mentioned longevity before, as far as, you know, taking care of yourself as a, as a performer and somebody that uses their body for art and, and your livelihood really. Um, now, do you think about nutrition from a longevity standpoint? Can you eat, can you look at it that way? Or is that even triggering too? I, I can't do it obsessively. Like sure. I, I, again, like measuring stuff out, all that is is not a place that I can go. But I, yeah, I mean, I'm I eat mostly like whole foods and and like uh-huh. things with few ingredients are my main. Like I don't do a lot of processed food, but I mean, I still eat crackers and shit. Like I'm sure. I'm not I'm really not um, fussy about it. But I always want to make sure I have like gr- like greens and all that stuff in my diet and. Um, the thing I struggle with the most is enough protein. And I actually am in a place where I'm trying to figure out how to get more protein in just because I don't, I'm a pescatarian. I really don't even like eating seafood, but I do sometimes. Um, and so I'm always trying to make sure I'm getting more protein, more protein. Cause I'm, I'm trying to get, um, some strength in my, I'm an aerialist. And so mm-hmm. as a tall person who's leggy, it's like a very inverting is always a challenge. And so I'm always trying to get stronger. And, um, I, I do think it's a place like right now I'm trying to figure out how to like, make sure I'm getting enough protein every day so I can get stronger in that way. But, um, I mostly just, I don't, um, my diet's pretty standard. Like I eat normal, the, the same stuff all the time and I don't really eat like fast food or anything like that. But will I, eat pizza and nachos and all that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to, um, I basically, you, if I'm left to my own devices, I eat like Napoleon dynamite. <laughs> like that is my go-to diet. <laughs> a pocket yeah. with tater tots in it. Yeah. Make yourself yeah, yeah. a dang quesadilla. Um, <laughs> two things, okay. is your aversion to seafood because of the early little mermaid performance? And yeah. then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then also, as far as protein, you you came to the right place because Aaron's on a, a, a protein quest I'm these on days. A mission, girl. Yeah. I'm oh, please. I'd love to hear your input. No, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a, uh, I eat like 
meat and everything. I eat all the all of it. But I will say Greek yogurt and cottage cheese have been two surprises to me. Um, Greek yogurt, the one like you can get even higher ones. Like I think there's one brand. It's like Okios or I don't know how to say it. It's like O-I-K-O-S, I think. Yeah. yeah. But it has like 25 grams of protein per serving. Yeah, okay. which is insane. And the one I have right now that I just got at this, like it, when I was grocery shopping, I couldn't find that Okio, whatever it's called. I couldn't find that one. So You're too I got embarrassed this one. to ask where it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I can't say it. Do you have any um, <laughs> What? <laughs> but, but the one I have is 19 grams, which I think is pretty good still. Um, and I put, I, I have like a serving of it, which is three fourths a cup. And I like, I'll do one of two things. One, I'll put like ranch, you know, the ranch seasoning. Oh yeah. Um, it's like, come, yeah, it's, it's, it's like hidden Valley ranch seasoning, but you just like (laughs) pour a bunch of that shit in there. And then you just dip all of your vegetables, your crackers, whatever you want. It's this, it's so filling because it's three quarters of a cup of it. It's so filling. It's so good. And it's like, you're eating, I mean, you are eating like a dip. So that's, it's like nice. So that's one thing. And then the other thing I'm doing is putting um, protein powder in my uh, Greek yogurt. So it's yeah. like double protein. It's like 40 grams of protein in like one bowl and a little tiny bit of instant pudding mix water. Oh, interesting. And it is like freaking the yummiest shit you've ever had in your life. That sounds you can good. mix all the flavors, chocolate. I have like a cinnamon cereal protein powder that makes it taste like um, cheesecake, which is a, a recipe I got on TikTok. I'll send it to you. Um, yeah. Do you do you have a specific protein powder, powder that you like or do you kind of, is there like things that you look for in a powder? Uh, we, do we just talk about this thing or I feel like we did. We did. It one- depends on if you if you're okay with having dairy. Um, oh yeah. Are you yeah, I, have, I, I have dairy in my diet. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, go ahead, Aaron. The way, the whey protein, I have whey protein and mm-hmm. it's, um, it, the grams of protein for the serving, I think is like 22 or something like it's, it's pretty good. I'm sure I could get higher. Um, but the one I have is yummy and I looked Sanger, it doesn't have sugar alcohols in it, which I was really happy about. It's no sugar alcohol, which that can be, uh, that can be one thing to look for. I don't like, I don't powder. like that artificial sugar it actually makes yeah. me feel kind of bloated and like, I don't like it. Yeah, it can like yeah. it, it usually will cause some kind of digestion issues yeah. for yeah. people, even if you tolerate it pretty well, especially if you're having it in large amounts. So yeah. our our kind of rule of thumb of that is very similar to your standard diet, Natalie, in that that you just look for the fewest amount of ingredients ingredients possible. But you know, make sure it's palatable and enjoyable. And I would say if you're if you're grading the whey proteins, whey there's different kinds, whey protein concentrate, whey protein blend, you know, whey protein isolate is probably the best way to go um, as far as the most bioavailability. So if you want to synthesize your protein, if you want to maximize your protein synthesis going with whey protein isolate. um, And if you're trying to build muscle, that's, uh, that's good. That's like the number one. That's what I, yeah, that's my, my goals right now for physical stuff. Um, Also, if this is like stuff you guys tread on all the time, we can, I can ask you off. No, it's it's oh, no, always please. helpful because people people like to hear it 
come at different ways and, you know, having it come up organically. And I, I guarantee you there's somebody that's in the exact same position that you are. Um, a stunt performer, podcaster, aerialist, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> multiple podcasts, but um, <clears throat> no, but people, you know, it's like w- when the student's ready, the teacher appears type thing. So it's good to kind of like, yeah. you know, hear it in context, you know, it, it'll, it'll help people. But I, I want to hear about some of the stunt performing. So how did you, how did you get started with that? And yeah. then what, what is the training like for that? Like, what do you try to do to, to make sure that you're ready to go? For that and then the, the, the aerial performing and all that stuff. Um, the the training is the best part of stunt work to me. I, I actually just <laughs> like last week basically denounced the stunt community um, on a show and I was like, well, I'm not going to get booked anymore and that's fine because I'm like <laughs> no. kind of over the other part of it. Sure. Um, but, it's very uh, political, I know. It is. It's very it, it's very sociopolitical in a way that's unpleasant um, a lot of the time. Uh, the work is the best. I love I love it so much. But the 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 networking and the like, honestly, the degradation that happens in it um, is rough. It's a lot better than it was when I started, which was two thousand and eight, I think. Um, back then, and I was doing it in New York. Um, whoo, the misogyny was fucking crazy. It was like. I look back and I can't believe some of the shit those dudes said to me and like wow. how I just had to be like, ha ha ha. ha yeah. And did yeah. like, they were, I mean, it's very, at the time it was very sexually unsafe. Um, it's probably not that much better now, but it's definitely better. Um, because now there's a lot more women and people like black people and stuff. Whereas when I was starting, especially in New York, it was still all like all old white guys who were like gatekeeping everything. Yeah. Um, hmm. And wigging, so, wigging is a thing they would do where they wouldn't they wouldn't hire women, they would just put wigs on and stuff. And it's just yeah. like there's plenty of women that can do martial arts totally. and ride motorcycles and are, are happy to do this stuff and want to, you know. It wasn't that long ago that they were doing paint downs, which was literally yeah. painting white men to be black people in sun in stunt scenes. Oh not my yeah. gosh. That's yeah, I'm insane. not like I'm talking like in our lifetimes. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, wow. Bad but stuff. even, yeah, even from 2008 to like 2000, like 2016, I saw the shift happening, which was really cool. But then when I moved out to LA, it was almost like New York and LA stunt communities, they connect a little, but it's almost like starting over. They are sort of, there are a lot of turf wars <laughs> happening. Yeah. Um, so it was like kind of almost having to battle through the same guys out here when I moved and I love I, I really truly love it but like I said on the show the other day which is the thing that's never I'm never gonna work uh, but that's fine um is that it's about half the guys so there are really good smart strong talented stuntmen out there stunt coordinators who are completely respectful and are professional but there's 50% who aren't and 50, 50 is like a bad percentage rate to go into. And the guys for a job that's already hard and competitive anyway. Yeah. And, and the competitive part I can totally get behind. I, I want to work hard. I want to train as hard as I can. I can like all that stuff, but it shouldn't be at physical risk to myself off site. Ah, It shouldn't have to involve being proposition, being threatened, being like intimidated in those ways. And that is part of it, especially because 
the community is very much like a trade. So it is it is like the the older people bring in the younger people and there's not a school you graduate from to do this like they they control the the whole community and they are like their own little production team so even if you're on a big movie set with producers and all that the stunt unit is its own entity almost like mm-hmm. the guys who are mostly guys now there's obviously women too but um the ones who are at the top they are all like little lords over the stunt community and so if they're like a shitty person they can get away with a lot and there's really nobody to talk to about it especially in the years past where as a woman you didn't fucking say shit if you wanted to work you took it you had to um Mm. and also it was like such bullshit it's one of the reasons i'm so like passionate about being really i want to do my best stunts in my 50s because Mm -hmm. i was 26 27 having 50 year old out of shape always working stuntmen telling me I only had two years left as a woman in the industry and literally was told multiple times by different stunt coordinators that if I wanted to work past 30, I needed to start fucking or marry a stuntman. Um, And that was considered like completely reasonable for them to say that. Um, It's like the last duel or some shit, you know, it's like going all the way. It's still going on in the, you know, late two thousands. Yeah. Um, Early, early fucked up, man. Yeah. It like to the point where that is that is when I like having like spite. I'll succeed out of spite sometimes, and I'm like, yeah. I, at that time mm-hmm. I was just like, I'll fucking dance on your grave. You just, <laughs> you couldn't say anything at the time. So when he when they were saying that shit out outside outwardly, I'd be like, oh okay okay cool thanks I'll I'll take that note you know <laughs> and then, like inside I'm just like I'm gonna fucking. Oh, I'm going to dance on your fucking grave, man. Um, that is it's, a crazy it's so thing to say. It's so fucking crazy to be like, you want to fall down the fucking stairs on a Netflix streamer, you better start fucking an old stunt man. <laughs> and it's like, uh. I'm good, I mean, thanks. Yeah. Directly God. said to me. Yeah, Jesus Christ. I um, tell you what, you want to ride a horse on Yellowstone, you better start <laughs> fucking sucking somebody's dick. Just like, uh, nah. <laughs> I think I'll just get there with my talent. <laughs> and well, that's the it really the the, the pivot point for stunt community. <laughs> Most stunt men or stunt women who have been in a business who are not creeps will talk to you about how the shift has happened. Where traditionally in the stunt world, like back in before the days that they were even credited in the credits, like mm-hmm. they were people who were willing to hurt themselves. So it was mostly men who were like. I'll, if you pay me, I'll jump face first through this real glass window. Like, fine, I'll break my fucking arm. Ne- Over time, that became a progression of actually really skilled athletes started kind of trickling in. And now we're at a point where in the stunt community, the goal is to never get hurt. And so yeah. the fun part about stunts to me is like <clears throat> like solving a puzzle of of – how we're going to make this work, how we're going to make sure everybody's safe, but it make it look amazing. Yeah. And, and it's cool. That's sort of, yeah. And I love that aspect because I, I don't like getting hurt. But the reason I like stunts is not because I'm like, yeah, it's fun. Like <laughs> break my fingers. No, it's the magic trick of it. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. And in the old school mentality, in my opinion, a lot of times makes the stunt scenes less exciting because they're not looking at it as an art form. They're looking at it as like, you know, somebody's going to like 
get hit really hard, but they're not looking at like the way that that scene works in the mo- in within the context of what's going on in the movie and all that. And the stunt people who've been coming in over the the more recent generations have way more moved into like how do we make this look instead of being like you know how sometimes there's action scenes where the fighting's just like perfect and they're like doing this and like it's it's kind of boring sometimes because it doesn't look there's no stakes there's no grit to it there's no stakes yeah, yeah, yeah all that and and over time you see better stunt scenes in a lot of movies because that mentality is kind of permeating more in the stunt world which is really cool in my opinion um but yeah that i started back in 2008 just because i was um i was doing background work through one of my modeling agencies they would make us go do background shit and um I was playing a dancer on an episode of Law and Order Criminal Intent, maybe. Um, and the stunt coordinator, like, basically said, "You move well. Do you want to to like learn stuff?" And I said, "Yeah, that sounds awesome." And so it is that training comes in that way for most people. It's really hard to break in, and I yeah. was just really lucky that somebody asked me if I wanted to because everyone's always asking me like, how do you get, how can I get into stunts? How can I do this? And a lot of times you have to like trick them into it. it you can't just be like, I want to come in, I want to do it. Cause they don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they don't like that eagerness. <laughs> right. Um, got to act chill. Well, and you had a very <laughs> unique skill set too. You yeah. Know, yeah you, and you, Your dance training and all that. For sure. And that's the background is, you know, it's like, a lot of gymnasts, a lot of martial artists, um, a lot of uh, like, I mean, there's dancers, of course, like any there's any sort of weird physical medium where you're like forced to train all the time. It's like wrestlers, boxers come in. Well, and having body awareness. Yeah, um, for sure. It's like every, when, every once in a while, like you'll see a movie where like a big movie star has to kind of run in it. And you're like, whoa, you should have yeah. cut that or <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Use some CG or some shit because this motherfucker hasn't <laughs> ran ever, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. And it's really a crapshoot with actors because some actors are yeah. like they could be stunt people. They're so talented. And then some actors who are really great actors and look amazing, like look goofy as fuck when they do anything physical. <laughs> and so it really is just sort of like you never know which one is going to show up because I, yeah. I have doubled. I've, I A lot of times when you're doubling, you're not even in the scene. Like sometimes you're running the rehearsals for the person and you're like doing the actions and like they're watching or they're not sure if they're going to do it or not. And so on the day, sometimes they, they decide to do it themselves. So you've just been doing the scene off camera as the double. Um, And sometimes that's totally cool, but sometimes it's like the actor's ego comes in and they're not going to do very well, but you're just like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) You you fucking goofball. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but God, like the that's training so cool <laughs> it's really i mean i loved i loved a lot of the aspects of it coming into it the the training stuff was my favorite part again i am like a napoleon dynamite and i love skills i love learning different skill sets <laughs> and doing all Ninja that skills yeah. yeah um for real it was really fun for me to learn different martial arts because you do basically have to start learning literally everything and you start learning weapons training how to like use guns um driving stuff like Everyone in the stunt world knows a little bit of all of it, but usually people have like one specialty. Mm-hmm. I love doing creature work because I, I I love the dance aspect and I'm I'm a, like do contortion and stuff. So creature work is like really fun to do. Um, but like I said, I've like, kind of just uh, like creatures like uh, 
Yeah, like, like wearing the wearing the prosthetics and all that, like Doug Jones. Yeah, like He's, ghouls and yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Doug no, Jones is an incredible, so but yeah, there's 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 tons of some them. other yeah. Jason Mears like all that yeah. He's one of the obvious, like, Doug Jones is obviously, like, one that people probably would know more than anybody. But, um, yeah, I, I, I love that aspect a lot. Uh, and, that like, moving forward, Henry and I, my husband, are we're going to be trying to make our own projects. So I'm just going to do my own. Hell yeah. Scenes, I think at this point. <laughs> yeah, you do it. Um, yeah. But the, the training part is a blast. And I love, love being on set and doing the stunt work. But the, the other stuff... It takes a toll on you after a while. Yeah, the po- it's, oh, yeah. it's exhausting. It'd be great if you could just show up. This is what I can do. This is my skill set. And you're either right or you're not. But right. having to deal with all the other fucking ancillary bullshit, the predatory stuff, mm-hmm. the yeah. assault. There's no time. Stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. No. It's hard enough as it is. Just, you know. Yeah, um, yeah so exactly. We got you a little bit longer. Tell us a, a little bit about the, um, the aerial performing. It's just a passion. Like, uh, as a dancer, I was, you know, I'd be booked on stuff where, like, in the fucking, I don't know, mid-2000s, I'd get booked on, like, live acting or live dancing gigs. Like, I there, I used to do, like, flash mobs and stuff in Times Square. Oh, and neat. a lot of times yeah. it would it would be with <laughs> so circus cool. groups. Um, and so I would be around, like, circus performers and aerialists and all this, and it got, like, real obsessed with it. Um but at the time, I didn't have any money. Like, I had enough money to survive in New York, but like, it's it's expensive to be an aerialist, and so it was because you have to, to have the right off. equipment and space to practice to do. Even so just taking classes, even like classes, those classes yeah. are like forty bucks a pop, baby. Like, it's a lot. Yeah. Um. So U.S. I, I kept dollars? putting it off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> U.S. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, That's a lot. So Forty yeah. U.S. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was one of those like things I always like put on the back burner. Um, and then around 2016 or so, I, I had at least enough to start taking classes and I, I just love it so much. And now I have my own backyard rig and stuff, but I, I, um, and it's, I, it's your, you're on fabric suspended in the air and move. I mean, it's, it's incredible to watch. I don't know if everybody knows, what, people, have, I've, I'm sure everybody has seen it, but they may not know what they're seeing when they see it. Made yeah, really right popular on. by Circus Soleil, right? They're doing oh, yeah, a lot definitely. of definitely. They were the ones who definitely like popularized it in the U.S. for sure. And it's it's I harrowing. I Natalie do it in her backyard. It's really cool. Because <laughs> you're not, you you. Don't, you don't have um you're not like tied in like you're mountain climbing. I mean, it's like you're just no, you're just no, out and, there. And that, 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 what you're talking about is called aerial silks. And there's also, I do silks a lot. I'm also, I love hoop and um, oh, rope. Hoop, yeah. So there's all kinds of different apparatuses you can do, but it's essentially the same kind of training where you're learning how to climb um, up and sort of, it's different depending on the apparatus. Like, but for example, with silks, you're kind of creating little like knots and unknotting and, and like re-knotting and then you're learning how to like do that in a way that's safe. So you can do these big drops and spins and also like dance in the air, which Jesus. I love silks. Rope, so rope is another one of my favorite. Knots. I, I never knew about the fucking knot shit. It's like, you got to be a sailor too. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, on you do. Actually to like make, to even like put silks together, you do have to know a lot of the same knots. <laughs> so yeah. God damn. Sure. You have amazing. so many skills. 
God, I got I'm not skills. skills. <laughs> I didn't know about the not skills. You're I'm definitely a dynamite wishes you were him like this no, no, no. Is, <laughs> I'm, I'm, but I'm definitely one of those master of none people like I love learning everything but I don't I would never consider myself a master of anything I just I just really like learning I guess yeah could you teach Stager and I something on that hoop that you got yeah of course you think we could I, you think we could do I try it? to get people I try to get everyone even my husband who's he he's on his own like workout journey and I'm so proud of him but he will not let me show him anything like he's just like no I'm like let me let me show you the basic stuff on the apparatuses and he's just like no absolutely not anyone okay, who wants well, to do it I always want to show them okay well Stanger, would, you, up, would you learn how to I'll do try that it stuff? yeah you know it's tricky being upside <laughs> down I mean I'm with Henry uh, I can't be I'm scared to be upside down that's freaking I can, crazy for, for for like the first timers and stuff, you can we can make not like a um, almost like a hammock really close to the ground, and you can mm. just get in it and like feel how it feels to be upside down and all that stuff. I do love so, a hammock. Yeah. I'm maybe yeah. back in now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great word choice using hammock right there. Got both of us back feeling safe and sound, ready to go night night. No, I would absolutely. I would absolutely trust you and definitely try something if you were willing to. Of to course. No, it's, it's, it's fun. I think you at least will enjoy the experience of it if you try it. Yeah, oh I'd gosh. love to. Ah! Uh, well, this has been such a treat and an honor. I can't thank you enough for, for joining us on the show and being so candid about everything. I think people will get a lot out of it. I mean, the eating stuff is so relatable. I, yeah. and you know, it, it, something you learn about all this is that it doesn't, you know, everybody's rock bottom is different and you can't mm -hmm. qualify, you know, it's like you hear it in Alcoholics Anonymous a lot. People won't want to step up and speak because they're like, well, shit, I didn't fucking ever, you know, crash my car and steal somebody's baby and <laughs> jump in a well or anything, you know. Is this, is this personal? Lost, is this a personal? Yeah, this story? is oh, a specific story. Yeah. <laughs> May or may not have been a well. Might have been a, just a hole in somebody's backyard. But um, he does this podcast from from jail. He does. Yeah. They do allow him that one thing. But whatever you know, whatever kind of eating stuff somebody's going through, I think it's always it's always comforting and helpful to hear that you you are absolutely not alone, and it's one hundred percent not your fault at all. Totally. You got Very the much, you got yeah. the deck stacked against you. Um, with, uh, you know, the way society is now and, you know, with uh, the way things are advertised and marketed and, you and know, also there's a way out. Like it's, yeah. it feels like a prison yeah. when you're inside of it. It really does. And it feels like impossible, uh, to leave, but it, there's definitely a way out, like never give up on anything. Cause you, you can get out of it. I love yeah. it. Um, Natalie, is there anything you want to promote? Can people come check out your Instagram? Definitely your podcasts. Yeah, um, my my socials are all the Natty Jean T H E N A T T I E J E A N, and uh, our, I do. We have basically a podcast network called Last Podcast Network. I have two shows there. One of them is the Sexy Fairy Books, the Court of Thorns Hell and Roses, yeah. <laughs> uh, with my sister in law Jackie Zabrowski, and then uh, I have a show about missing and exploited women and children called Someplace Underneath with a comedian named Amber Nelson. So it's dark, but we do like make it, get the jokes in there too when they, they when they're appropriate um yeah. and uh <laughs> and then we are also streaming all the time now on twitch for last podcast network so we're doing that and um yeah we're just all i'm i just all i do is 
talk now. <laughs> so, well, uh, fortunately, you're good at it. Yeah. Um, oh, thanks. Thank you. So for us, uh, what do we got, Aaron? We got askthedumbbells at gmail.com. It's a very cool yep, email got, account that people can uh, send us questions and it. emails. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, Instagram at the dumbbells across what social media matters. Just we got them. Just find us. Um, we got all the there. we're at the dumbbells on all of them. Even X. <laughs> Not all of them. Even uh, X. <laughs> <laughs> what a <laughs> stupid name. Such a tool. <laughs> yeah. God, I know. I love it. Okay. Well, we did it, Stanger. <laughs> God bless. Uh, on behalf of myself and Aaron McGowan, we are the Dumbbells mm-hmm. and our wonderful guest today, Natalie Jean. We like to remind everybody that's out there listening to train dirty, eat clean, and live in between. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>